Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capefe Break. I am your guest host, gender theory and critical race consciousness doctor expert, Carrie Smith. And I'm joined today by a special guest, far super right, super right wing conservative, Carter Laren. Who's this broad with the blue hair? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. <laughs> I wish I <laughs> I can't make, keep a straight face. <laughs> Happy Halloween, Carter. You have, has anything Happy new happened for you? <laughs> you may be able to tell from the bags under my eyes that uh, we now have a little baby. So, yes. Uh, all's good. All's good. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I left for a week or so, and... Uh, Alec Baldwin started killing people, and you went back to being an SJW. I don't know <laughs> what the hell's going on, but uh... and we had a very special frivolous episode Friday. I don't know if oh, you did saw. You? I yeah. haven't actually watched anything that's happened. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Yay! Welcome back, Carter. Thank you. Uh... Yay! Everybody said congratulations. Oh, thank you guys. Was... Yeah. Thank you guys. I. I will admit something that I'm a little bit, I feel bad about saying this and admitting it, but I didn't prep for today's show at all. I have no idea what's happened other than apparently Alec Baldwin's killing people. Um, so I have I some things need to be filled in on what's the news in clown world. Um, uh, well, first of all, I just wanted to say today is Monday, November 1st. <laughs> and... <laughs> We have book club coming up. If you're uh, not, if you haven't been a part of book club before, yeah, you can join us this month. We're doing fiction and we are back to, so we're back to fiction. We're doing Margaret Atwood's The Handmaid's Tale, which was my favorite, one of my favorite books when I was young. I think, so I I had one of her quotes as my senior quote in high school. I loved her so much. And then in college, I got to take a whole class just on Margaret Atwood, which was pretty cool. And I'm excited to see if it holds up and it's still like my favorite or if it's changed. But I will say if the social if the social justice version of her work on Showtime has influenced you, just put that aside and read the book. Um, she has actually, Carter, been the subject of a woke mobbing this yeah, week she's a, while you were she gone. She got accused of being a turf, right? Just yes. And then yeah. she was sort of posting some. I think what she's trying to do is is. I think it seems to me she's trying to do that thing that people do when they first start waking up to some of the excesses of social justice, but they don't realize yet that it's a feature. They think it's a bug. And they're like, hey, fellow woke people, here's a very nuanced article explaining some of the excesses in the the, the trans rights activist part of the world. So she tried to share a nuanced piece like that, and they went after her and called her turf. And then she did something I thought was really shameful. Then she sort of threw J.K. Rowling no, oh, she, threw she basically was like, I'm not a turf. Like, here's a video attacking J.K. Rowling as a turf. It's like, Look, I'm one of you. Like In the last iteration know. of the purity spiral, I was on your side. See? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, um, I, I will say uh, I just I actually I know I don't know if it was a joke or not, but I actually do want to address this because someone Mandy, actually, who I think is the Russian bot Mandy in chat says, I would never bring a child into this shitty world. And I want to I want to actually comment on this, yeah. Because I think a lot of people have that attitude. Um, two things: 
one, I think you can have two different fundamental outlooks on the world. One, you can have a benevolent universe outlook, and the other one is you can have a malevolent universe outlook. You can feel like everything is always like evil's eventually going to win, that the universe is like, kind of against you in some major way and against life. Or you can have an outlook that's like, no, things can work out in the end. I guess you could have a neutral outlook. Um, but regardless of the crap that we're going through, um, this is probably the best year in the history of humanity to be alive. Like that's been true for every year for a long time, regardless of the authoritarians. I mean, would you rather have been born 300 years ago? I mean, now what do you have to face? Twitter mobs and some yelling and maybe we'll have a secession movement and like, yeah, there's some crap and there's some real crap. There's some real, I'm not, I'm not minimizing the challenges people have to deal with, but you have running water and flush toilets, you morons. This is a great time to be alive. What are you talking about? Don't be such a pessimist. Um, and if the world's ever going to get better, you know what it needs? Kids that are better. It, it needs a yes. future generation. That's the, the best possible way to fight is to raise good kids by far. So people out there who have 19 children, didn't your cousin have like 19 children? I don't she know. does. Right. Her cousin's doing way more for the world than we are, assuming those kids are raised well. That's they were raised more well. Kids, right? I mean, that's how the world gets saved, through people. People aren't a liability. They're an asset. And the world, yeah, it's shitty. But it's always been shitty. The world's always been like, it's always been shitty. It's, it's, there's always been crap in the world. There's always been tyrants. There's always been kings and diseases and, like, oppression. That's true. But... You're living at a time where fighting it is possible in a way that's never been possible before in history. What is your sourpuss about? Cut it out. I'm glad you said this because whenever I've mentioned that I would like to try and have kids now, people I've had a couple people say this too, and I know they don't mean anything by it. They just say it in seriousness, like I could never bring kids into this world with what's happening now. It's like, but humans have lived through much worse times. I mean, that's we've we've survived like that's that's the history of humanity this isn't i also have to remind myself of that to keep keep my perspective in check of what's happening now just remember how many times humanity has been through worse and what we're trying to do hopefully is prevent it from getting that bad again yes things are on a bad course but there's still time to correct i think hopefully or, or some type of correction is still we haven't we haven't put people in the camps yet <laughs> You know, so there's still time to correct. And I think uh, I think we, we've lived through worse. And we've also, as you said, we have a lot of we have a lot of positives now. We have a lot of technology and things that we didn't have in the past to help us fight. That's how we even found each other, like our whole community. You know, there's yeah. as much as we talk about the downsides of the Internet and social media. Like there's also there's also the positives of finding people. That's why they want to censor it so heavily. That's why they want to regulate it, take certain people offline. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the, yeah, exactly. The reason that it's a battle is because they recognize that it's a threat to them. Yeah. Um, being able to talk outside of the control of a third party is a threat. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not trying to yell at you, Mandy. I know a lot of people have that opinion, but um, look, kids, uh, this is a great time to be a kid. Is it like, yeah, nostalgia. I wish that she were born in the 80s because the 80s are awesome. But that's just because I'm Gen X. Yeah, right? and also um, 
we forget, see, because I'm, you were born in the 80s and raised in the 90s, 90s, I'm now realizing after talking with a few, I think 90s was peak freedom. <laughs> and so we're, we're, we were raised, we, we had the benefit of being raised in a time with such amazing level of freedom in all sorts of different ways, freedom of expression, freedom of doing what you want, you know, women in the workplace, we'd, we'd gotten rid of uh, racist laws and sexist laws. And, and we'd reached this point in society where there was a mass amount of freedom and luxuries I mean, come on, opportunity. And, and so we're, that was our norm. And if that's your norm and your baseline, then of course this is like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. What's, and it is crazy, but we have to keep in mind, most humans didn't live in that little sweet window of Gen X time that we did. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah. And even, even like, even as much as we can complain about stuff, it's like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the eighties were great, but we couldn't have this conversation in the eighties because there was no medium to do it. And like, and people lament like, Oh, it's so hard for me on to, I don't want to delete Facebook. There's such a problem, blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, you didn't have Facebook in the eighties either. Like life, if we gave you eighties technology back, you'd all complain and whine that life was so hard. <laughs> like it's, it's not, it's life's pretty good. Yes. There's, there's bad things and people are doing bad things, but you know, you, you gotta, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater to use that metaphor. You can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You can't throw baby out with Twitter. You can't, and That's you don't need to look at the version of that. You can't don't throw, throw the baby, don't throw the baby out with Twitter with the bathwater and don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And if you spend all your time worrying about this, you'd be as bald as a peeled onion. And oh, keep going. <laughs> 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 Let's just do the whole show in aphorisms. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah I, I don't know i have some things i do want to talk about carter but uh just there are a lot of people in chat are saying i need to read your astrology chart so just so you know since you haven't seen it thursday i just want to give a special thank you to chrissy Mayer and mm. mike harlow who are the insurgents who took over our channel and hosted for us because my tech was so bad in the ghost town of Terra Lingua that I had to drop out. <laughs> and for the astrology hour. Thanks, Mikey and Chrissy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and actually, little known fact, if you've been watching since the beginning, you'll know that I actually have that same book that Chrissy had, the only astrology book you'll ever need. And I, we did do a whole episode where I read your astrology chart. Remember, Carter? Way back when? Yeah, I tried to blank that out. For so, those of you who are new, astrology is not a normal part of the show. It is never. <laughs> it's not something we, that we. Uh, well, I'll speak for myself. Uh, I believe it's a bunch of bunk. Actually, I do have. I think I've talked about. I think I've talked about the, uh, the level of validity, which I know sounds weird to say, but the level of validity, my my astrology validity theory, right? We've talked about this. No, I don't remember. What, what did you say? The level of validity is similar to? Well, uh, I so prior to modern civilization, and well, we know this about child development, that things that impact you at certain stages, there's certain stages in your early childhood development where um, you, like, it, you're very impressionable and it, and it can steer you in one direction or another. And so my guess about astrology uh, in pre-modern civilization 
is that if you were born in June, um, for example, um, your newborn era would be in, let's say you're in the Northern Hemisphere, your newborn era would likely be outside in sun, um, working in fields or whatever, you would be um, in warmer climate. But then when you were six months old, you would be inside by a fire, probably with more verbal stimulation because people would be around there and it would be cold outside and you'd have a different, it would be darker, you'd have a different environment. And so I, it's feasible that to some extent, the the month or roughly the time frame that you're born did have an impact on your personality and development in some way, in a kind of general way, not in, not in a sense that like, you know, uh, a implies B, B implies C there, you know, like it, not like obvious, mm -hmm. you know, direct line, but some sort of influence. And so my guess is that astrology was developed to explain like, oh, these people, like there maybe were real trends, like these people tend to be this way. If they were born at this time, yeah. they tend to be this way. And they just named them and, and the stars are a nice way to um, track time <laughs> yearly. So that works really well. Um, now, Almost in the way I don't the think there's any like scientific legitimacy beyond that. Obviously, you're you're reminding me of uh, when we read the fourth turning in book club, and they divided different generations in and assigned. They divided the generations up and they gave them archetypes, and they said, oh, the you know, like one, yeah. the fourth turning. So like this this generation is the artist, and this one is the prophet, etc. And I think there was that similar. I think you had a similar take on that, which was again. Well, you will share things in common with people who were born around the same time that you were, right? For certain reasons, you know, and th yeah. th this is a way of trying to explain that. Is astrology is one way? I think you guys even compare. I really love the fourth turning, but people who didn't like it as much as me, I think, compared it to astrology. Didn't yeah. You? Well, look, I mean, I, so I do think in general, astrology's bunk. Like my summary is astrology's bunk because, mm -hmm. uh astrology implies there's a causation there that's mystical right and there is not and if there were some sort of correlation in the past it's certainly been eradicated in a, in a world in which we have air conditioning and heating and our lives don't really change much from june to december um so i you know i i don't the people who who believe in astrology, believe in, in in a sort of mysticism, obviously that I'm not on board with, but, uh, but I do find it fascinating to look at mystical beliefs and try and ask the question, like, is there a rational origin? Like, did this arise from something in reality? And is this an attempt for a primitive culture to explain something that was a real phenomenon? And my guess is astrology might be in that category. I don't know. You can't say primitive anymore, Carter. Primitive, primitive, primitive. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the naughty list uh <laughs> i didn't realize i'm sorry but did susan shoot anyone while i was gone or was it just alec baldwin uh yeah just uh just alec baldwin so i <laughs> i have a a couple of things that if we want to get into topics now i missed you first of all yeah let's get into topics uh <laughs> i missed the show and i'm sorry that i'm not as prepared as normal I'm That's lucky okay. that I'm here today, to be honest. I mean, the child is less than a week old, so uh, we are still oh. doing the early stage sleep, not so much thing. Okay. So first, firstly, I want to discuss with you, since you weren't here, 
the topic that one of the topics I had prepared for Friday, and it was also hard for me to comment on because of my Wi-Fi issues. Uh, Beverly, I'm wondering if you can put up that video again, video mark number one of Zuckerberg, and I'll just set it up while you're grabbing it since Carter may or may not have seen it. So Facebook had this summit. They sent out an invitation to all Facebook users, even mm. blacklisted people like myself. I was still on a 30 day ban from live streaming or something because I had posted, the, but I got an invitation to come to the summit. <laughs> like, Thanks. Could you take this off for my ban for posting a historically accurate quote from gobbles? <laughs> like you about propaganda, the nature no. of propaganda, give me a 30 day ban. Um, Anyway, they invited everyone to come and then he did this video presentation about where Facebook is headed and it's called Meta, Metaverse. And I just want to show this clip and get your take on it because I have some thoughts on it. Okay. Am I going to be able to hear this? Have you guys solved the hearing problem? We so solved the problem. Oh, awesome. I, I'll ask Beverly how you did that. That's cool. Start by exploring what different kinds of Metaverse experiences could feel like, starting with the most important experience of all. Buffering. <laughs> Did you see that? Connecting with people. Oh, okay. Imagine I, I, you put on your glasses or head and said yeah, you're okay. instantly in your home space. It has parts of your physical home recreated virtually. It has things that are only possible virtually. And it has an incredibly inspiring view of whatever you find most beautiful. Hey, are you coming? Yeah, just got to find something to wear. Doesn't he wear the same thing every day? All right, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> oh, hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Hey, Mark. What's up, Mark? Whoa, we're floating in space? So let's start by... <laughs> okay, that's it. So, a couple thoughts, but you go first. You haven't seen this before. Um... I don't think you'll agree with me, actually. I don't know. This might be an interesting thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I guess I should start by saying I don't like how Zuckerberg's running Facebook. I think he, I do not think he's Jack Dorsey. I think there's a difference between someone like Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberg. This is just based on my impressions. I think Jack Dorsey is a believer in bad ideology and is pushing it. And I think Zuckerberg is a pragmatist who's just trying to do what he thinks is the best way to grow his business. And he's not really thinking about um, stuff that he should be, like right and wrong and the effects that his policies will have on freedom, right? But he's doing it, he's, he's, he's a pragmatist. And I, I think, <sighs> It's hard to criticize Zuckerberg without going into this. Most people that criticize Zuckerberg, like I, I have lots of criticisms of him. And I, I and again, I just said that and I hate Facebook in many, many ways. I don't use it. It's not on my phone. Um, however, it's easy to get down this, this uh, spiral in criticizing Zuckerberg where it easily becomes, I think, driven by envy and just kind of mean picking on him. Like... Yeah, he's kind of weirdly robotic and kind of autistic. He's always been that way. I know a lot of people like that. That's just the way he is. And I'm like, I don't want to pick on him for that. That's the way he is. Um, there's lots of people who are awkward socially, especially, you know, kind of really smart Harvard nerds who go do software. Like, 
okay. He, that's just, that's his way. He's not super social. Um, he doesn't have that part of his brain developed very well. I don't, I don't hold that against him and I don't hold the success against him. Like, I think he is actually a brilliant guy. Um, I agree. He brought, he bought Oculus a while ago. I think it was a brilliant move to buy Oculus. Oculus is really cool technology. If you've never used it, the metaver metaverses generally are cool. They, it is kind of the trend. Like we will see more metaverse stuff. Just speaking as, I don't want to call myself a futurist because I'm not, but like we will see more of it. There's a lot of cool stuff like any technology. It can be used for evil, but there's also a lot of really cool stuff about it. And he was, uh, he had foresight. He purchased Oculus. He's built it into something that's pretty fucking cool and pretty cheap. Um, I think the name Meta is stupid, uh, but okay. Um, so he did that. So I see that and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Will it be used? Will it be used in bad ways? Of course, because it's run by a pragmatist and we're in a culture that will pressure him to do horrible, stupid things. And yes, that will happen. So I, I don't look at this as if, uh, I'm not a Luddite. I don't, I don't shun technology just because dystopian future, like novels about dystopian futures show governments using technology for bad things. Yeah, they absolutely can. And, but you can't keep technology in a box. You can't box it up. You can't stop the signal in, the, in that sense. So you can't stop the spread of technology and there are good things about it. So I don't so know. I'm not, I, you, I, I'm not that bothered to... by that. Okay. Yeah. So first you started with your commentary on Zuckerberg as a person, which that was yeah. very ranked very low for me in my original thoughts to this anyway. So I'll get to that last. I don't, the reason I but, did that is I know a lot of people pick on him. That's right. The, yeah. But but I will get to that. And I do think they should okay. pick on him. But <laughs> but the first the my first reaction upon seeing this is Nozick's experience machine. Do you remember this? It's a thought experiment from the 70s, this philosopher who, and, and they do this in classrooms. They'll give people the, this thought experiment. And the, he was basically trying to prove um, that that nihilism, uh, I guess, wasn't preferred, wasn't something that most people actually would choose. And so he gave people this experiment where it was sort of, do you can plug into this machine where you get nothing but pleasurable experiences for the rest. And do you choose to plug into this machine or not? And almost so it's, all- are you Cypher from the Matrix or are you- Exactly, I'm glad you I'm glad you picked up on that because it is, are you yeah. Cypher from the Matrix or not? Do you choose the fake mm -hmm. stake knowing that it's fake or do you choose the reality of this disgusting bug rule, <laughs> you yes. know, in the real world? Right. And so normally people usually choose the real world. But I actually saw a tweet. Beverly, can you put up this tweet from this school teacher? It's funny because this was in the back of my mind because I saw this a month or two ago. I can't remember how long ago. And it was from a teacher. And she said, you know, out of all of my years of teaching Nozick's experience machine to high school students, it, it's something to the effect of this was the first time ever where every student in my class, except for one, chose to immediately get in the machine for the rest of their life. <laughs> <laughs> and that just blew me away because it's i think of course it's anecdotal but it just says something to me about i think it accurately maybe reflects where we're at as a society okay here it is megan fritz on twitter 
This is from October 1st. She says, I just taught Nozick's experience machine for the hundredth time. All but one student were immediately and unreservedly in favor of entering the machine for life. Never had that happen before. Rather threw off my lesson plan. And so when I saw this clip of Zuckerberg, my immediate thought was the experience machine. They want us to live in the experience machine. Here's a guy who... Um, set aside the fact that he's Zuckerberg. He's showing us how this virtual reality metaverse, whatever's going to work. It's like, look, it's your home, but better. And it's your clothes, but better. And you have any clothes you want. You can make your house whatever you want. And you basically plug in here and talk to all your friends and pick your outfits. And it's all completely fake. And it's all completely, it's just a, an ex, like a, a, um, a I'm, I'm blanking on the word Carter, but it's, it, it's, What's the word? It's like it's like what we're doing already on social media to the nth degree. I'm going to blame this on COVID brain fog. I still have brain fog, well, <laughs> but it's exacerbated. It's just, it's just sort of this hyper reality version of what we're already doing, but plugged into this place that's not real. And the and the other thing it made me think was, of course, this is coinciding with the Great Reset and everything because if they can make the world, the world, the real world, if if things continue down the path they're already heading, I think that things are going to get so bad in the real world where people are standing in bread lines, every, you're dependent on the government for everything. The quality of life really suffers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's declining. The dollar won't buy you anything. And then, but Hey, you can just plug into meta and it's all perfect there. Like just yeah. well, stay I in mean, this little, you know, the worse real life gets the more attractive, uh, living in a false reality right? becomes of course. Yeah. Um, but that's not a problem with the technology. That's just a problem with the world that we live in, right? I mean, uh, again, like I don't. When new look, do you see this world that I'm trying to lay out? Though? It will master well, you. Someone yeah. said this in chat. Like, if you don't master new technology, it'll master you. Um, this is mm-hmm. just heroin. It's just mm-hmm. better heroin. That's all it is. There are already people who choose that all the time. They're junkies in your, well, if you live in San Francisco, they're all over the place, but whatever. They're junkies that are in whatever the bad part of town shooting up heroin. They have chosen to live in perpetual feel goodism, even though it's not reality and their reality around them sucks. And the more you do that, probably the less you will feel uh, motivated to change the reality of your situation. Um, someone just asked me in chat, would you let your daughter use VR? My 12 year old, she has, we have an Oculus. She's played. I mean, you know, I don't let her use the screen very often. So in limited quantities for entertainment, she watches movies in limited quantities for entertainment. She plays this stupid sword game in VR and likes it. Like, sure. Why not? Right? Like it's, it, if she doesn't learn to conquer the technology psychologically, if she doesn't learn that it's not reality, but it is entertainment, just like other things can be entertainment, and she doesn't learn to self-regulate, she will be vulnerable to being sucked in to have that be her life in its entirety, right? The way that you become not vulnerable is you don't you don't shun the thing. You learn it, and you master it, and you decide – you, you figure out how to regulate, just like people who never figured out how to regulate their social media usage are the people that are stuck to social media constantly and have it on their phones and can't have a conversation and you go to dinner with them and they can't put their phone down. Like similarly, 
my my 12 year old doesn't have a phone, but the conversation I've had with her is phone will come when I feel like you can self-regulate on your iPad enough. (laughs) And when your self-regulation on the iPad becomes sufficient, then we'll talk about a phone. Um, And, you know, we do manage, I think people know, I didn't even let her watch movies until she was six or anything. So she's had, you know, a childhood with very limited screen time and, and, and encourage her. And I've encouraged her to be very uh, careful of her screen usage, but raising her, if, you know, if you raise someone to not have any exposure to this and then suddenly they hit a down spot in life and they're introduced to it, that's when they'll become addicted to it. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't like alcohol, I think. In the way that yeah. Americans drink versus Europeans, maybe. Yeah, and the other yeah. thing I'll say here is I think it's very likely, and I don't know how to stop this, but shunning the technology is not the way it won't work. I think it's very likely that we are going to start separating people and society is going to start separating into ciphers and neos. That's what's going to happen. And I'll tell you right now, a lot of people making this technology – they're aware of the addictive powers of it. They do let their kids use it a little bit, but they do what I'm doing. They, they're they very careful about making sure that they don't make it their whole life. They don't live in it constantly. Some of them aren't. Some of them are sloppy, and their kids will become ciphers. But, you know, there are a lot of good things that can happen with that technology. Like, there's, it does add value to our lives in some ways. It can, right? So... You know, it's the same argument people made for like that people always wanted to ban nuclear weapons, <laughs> like ban the the technology. And that always seemed so silly to me because you can't ban technology. Smart people will figure it out, right? You can make a nuke with some plutonium in a basement with a lot of cement. Like it's not that hard, right? So like I don't want to ban technology just to be clear. I'm not saying you No, I'm not saying you do. That I was. But yeah. I do think it's I think this is very concerning and I do see a society of ciphers like, and you're right. I I also draw the comparison to addictions and heroin and other things. It's just like in brave new world, you know, people want to take their Soma and go to the feelies. And that's, that's what this is, is the bread and circuses. Yeah. But, but I think it's, uh, it's more interesting to talk about because of the, than, than maybe heroin, people escaping into heroin, because well, it it's is, a new boogeyman, and it's it's more a new boogeyman, but also it's a whole world. It's actually right. it's more like the Matrix. It's more like the experience sure. machine the, in the thought experience, in Nozick's uh, thought experience, and and I think um, I think that that teacher. What do you think about that teacher saying that her whole class, except for one, chose to get into the machine immediately? I mean, that's that's I think that's scary, um, because it does. It doesn't make me hate the technology of anything. It makes me more concerned about the mass psychology of what we have going on in the yes. state of affairs. And like, that's where I like when I see this, I don't see, oh my God, Zuckerberg's a, a jerk for having a metaverse. I, I look at this and I go, oh, we're really susceptible to this right now. And we really need to be able to teach our kids. And and people generally, even adults, like how to manage this stuff and how to use it for their own benefit. Like I don't not use the internet, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you and I right. use the internet. I don't. We have different uses of social media. I, I'm even on Twitter sometimes, but it doesn't consume my life. And and I try and do it in a way that it only adds to my life. And mm-hmm. you can do the same thing. Um, my wife was playing. I mean, she's not now because she recently gave birth to a bowling ball. Um, but, uh, 
she was recently playing like um a boxing game on it and was enjoying like getting the shit beat out of her or beating the shit out of some boxing dude on the virtual like there's nothing wrong with that she got some exercise it was fine it was good it was fun like you know it, it's not i don't i'm concerned that when people react to like oh this whole thing is bad and we need to be shunning the technology or we need to be criticizing the technology they're missing the point which is we need to be training people about the technology and we need to be making sure that we're building a community of people who are who can use it as a tool to better their lives and can and won't get sucked in right um morphine can help when you're in surgery or it can ruin your life if you inject it constantly like mm -hmm. that's how i view this right well then we're at least in agreement about a few things pointing it i think it's terrifying your hair but <laughs> i think it's terrifying now on to the subject of making fun of zuckerberg himself yes mm. it's enjoyable to do so because he is much like i think keith did a post in the unsafe space community on facebook uh uh oh i wish i had that one pulled up it was he had data from uh from uh star trek data and then metadata maybe i really can oh. find that one it was very funny um, but that somebody pointed out, Beverly also, can you put up that picture of Zuckerberg with, so we can see what's on his bookshelf when you get a chance. Um, there's something weird going on with him and, and you know how, at first I thought it was him trying to relate to normal humans. So you would see him doing these, these things like the 4th of July video where he's water skiing or the video where he was barbecuing on 4th of July. Right. Okay. Look at what's on the bookshelf behind him here. Is that a barbecue sauce? Yes. <laughs> and at first, a friend, Nicole of the Mountain People, posted I this. like my books with barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, and she said she was, like, making fun of it and then said something like, what do normal humans have on the bookshelf? Barbecue sauce. And at first, that's I thought it was that, too. But now I'm realizing, no, I think he's got some Easter egg thing that just tickles him to, to have barbecue sauce probably in every video. Like, yeah. this is like an I mean, Easter egg for him. He's there are weird people who are successful. A lot of weird smart people are just a lot of smart people that are successful are also just kind of quirky and weird. And like, I totally would bet he's got like, I'm going to put barbecue sauce and everything like, he, you know, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Okay. It doesn't bother me that he is clearly has trouble relating to normal humans like no okay i get it he does <laughs> he's like those That's aliens cool, in v Fine. yeah he's he reminds me of this the he's sort of a, a lizard man in a human suit but uh anyway so here's a big here's a big news item that rodzilla wanted me to tell you about i don't know if you heard about this and uh and then i want to get to something else i had queued okay. up but Rodzilla gave us a super chat just now and said, tell Carter about the 450000 for illegals. So I don't know if you heard I, this. I'm not going to like this, am I? <laughs> I don't think you're going to like it, no. Um, the Biden administration has put forward this idea of, and they're, they're casting it in the news as they're tying it to Trump. They're basically saying um, because of how the government under Trump treated illegal immigrants and their families, separating their families, that they the government caused lasting psychological damage uh, to these immigrant families, and that we need to spend a billion with a B tax dollars, giving each of them four hundred fifty thousand dollars 
reparations to each illegal immigrant. Yeah, your face. A half a million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll send you the... Has, wait, has, he, has this been approved or is he just proposing it? Um, he's proposing it. The Biden administration is considering issuing payments to immigrant families that were separated at the southern border under the Trump administration around $450,000 a person in compensation for a total payout that would cost the government. I love that they say cost the government, cost the taxpayers more than $1 billion, according to a new report. People familiar with the matter told the Wall Street Journal that the U.S. Department of Justice, Homeland Security, and Health and Human Services are weighing the payments as they work to resolve lawsuits claiming that the government subjugated parents and children to lasting psychological trauma. The report says most of the families included one parent and one child who crossed the border illegally from Mexico and that many families would likely get smaller payouts dependent upon their circumstances. So I just I just want to clarify. Yeah. Uh, some people broke a law. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree with that law or not, put that aside for a moment. There's lots of laws I don't agree with. Some people broke the law. They crossed the border illegally. Mm-hmm. And now they're suing the government because when they were detained, they didn't like how they were detained because mm-hmm. of Trump. Yeah. And just to be clear, somebody made a good comparison. So if I commit a crime, it just like they committed a crime, these are illegal immigrants created. But let's say I, as a citizen, I commit a crime and I have kids. What happens to me? They put me in jail while I wait. I wait trial. Get separated from your children. Separating yeah. me from my children, which is going to cause lasting psychological trauma. And somehow, I mean, <laughs> that's the government. That's the taxpayers' fault. And they owe me a half a million dollars for separating me from my kids and putting me in jail after I committed a crime. I don't want to share too much personal information about this, but I will just say. If they're owed half a million dollars, I'm owed five from the government for some of the psychological damage that they've done in harassing me for various things over the years. Uh, That is, I mean, and by the way, I didn't even do anything legal. That is ridiculous. That is, that is ridiculous. Um, Well, and not just, you know, look at, look at the policies of the past 18 months. This is what I immediately thought of. If the if the burden here is proving lasting psychological damage because of government action, well, let's just take the last list, 18 baby. months. Yeah, let's take the lock <laughs> arbitrary lockdowns, the unconstitutional lockdowns of schools, of small businesses. People lost their businesses, their entire life savings, everything they had invested in, generations worth of hard work. They lost their businesses. Kids weren't going to school. The anxiety rates skyrocketed, depression, teen suicide way up. That's why they had to open the Vegas schools because teen suicide got to be so high. Obesity way up. Every group of, of every weight class of children, whether you're talking about kids of average weight, overweight or obese, all of those classes gained weight. <laughs> that happened because of government policies. So domestic abuse went up. Suicide went up. Uh, addiction rates went up. Uh, then they did the mask mandates, which causes lasting psychological trauma to children, seeing people wear masks, all the, healthy people wear masks all the time everywhere. Uh, then they were doing the vaccine passports, lasting psychological trauma. People are losing their jobs. These mandates are about to go into effect. I've heard from countless people 
some of whom are online personalities that you may know with their own uh, YouTube channels, some are whom pri private friends that are losing their jobs and are taking that, may, having to make that choice. Some of them I know have chosen to go ahead and get the jab. Some have chosen to stand up for their principles and not, and they've, they've lost their income. Lasting psychological trauma from government policy. Are they proposing giving all of us half a million of our tax dollars Look, back? I, I would just, I would go for the jugular if I was going to sue the government, which I won't because only illegal immigrants can win lawsuits against the government. Um, if I was going to sue the government, I'd just go for the jugular. Taxes are psychologically damaging, and I don't want half a million dollars. I just don't want to have to pay taxes anymore. I'm not asking for anything. I'm just asking yeah. to keep my money. Yeah. Um, I just – well, look, this just – it underscores the urgency for – some sort of some someone separating some sort of secession. It underscores the urgency for secession. We need to get the hell out because um, the inmates are in charge of the insane asylum at this point, and it's just going to go downhill. So um, it kind of doesn't matter who secedes. Literally, anyone could secede, and then we can all move there. And like, it just needs to happen. Someone needs yeah. to secede. So G-Man gives us a super chat and says, if our government caused half a million dollars worth of psychological damage to these immigrants, wouldn't they be seeking asylum with another country? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that, that's the immigration argument in a nutshell, G-Man, right? Because there's this argument that America is so horrible, it's oppressive and racist and blah, blah, blah. And yet, and yet, all of these people, many of whom are not white, come to America, they choose America as the place to be over their native country, which is likely run by someone much more woke and less old white man than America is, uh, a country much less vilified by the woke left uh, for their inherent racism and blah, 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 and all the other made up, trumped up charges. So you're you're hitting on the fundamental thing which which I think a lot of the left just doesn't want to admit if you want any I don't know that you can do an objective argument about the best country on the planet but if you could you would look at immigration and and uh emigration and you would say who has the highest net immigration that's the best country I don't know what country that is maybe it's not the US but if that was going to be your measurement that's probably how you would start. Uh, and certainly by that standard, the U.S. does pretty well. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> uh, somebody says I should ease up on you and let you enjoy your Monday. Um <laughs> Wait, I have a question. I, this yeah. is a non sequitur, but it just, I just thought of it, and I don't want to think of it again, so I want to get the thought out of my brain. Did Biden shit his pants in front of the Pope? I saw some weird headline about this. Is that true? Or is that fake? I I don't know if that happened or not. I just saw Chrissy Mayer make a joke that says, "What what do you call it when Biden shits his pants in front of the Pope?" Holy shit! Yeah, that's what you would call it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that happened or not. I just saw that joke. I uh, I this this is not a super chat, but Zato says, "What about the families that were separated under Obama and Biden?" Yeah, I don't know. They made no mention of those, Zato. 
because mm -hmm. this is clearly for this is only for political power and political gain. It's only in the service of, of a narrative. It's only in the service of of one narrative, which is still to this day they're pushing Trump bad, Republicans bad, and they're trying to use Trump as a noose. They're trying to use him uh, as as like an albatross, a weight around the neck of anyone who's running now. They know they can't. So look at the Virginia race. I don't know if you heard about what happened in Virginia. This is hilarious, yeah. Carter. Okay, there's there's a currently a governor's race underway. The Republican there, Glenn Youngkin, looks like he's going to beat, not that I trust any elections, but in polls, it looks like he's going to beat Terry McAuliffe. I can't say that guy's name. McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe. Terry yes. McAuliffe. By the way, Terry McAuliffe was, is, I don't know if you remember this. You probably don't because you were, um, you were uh, in the, you were one of the leftist zombies back then. Terry McAuliffe was part of the Clinton crap way back in the 90s like i know his name's been around forever conspiracy stuff uh-huh all of the stuff about um the cocaine runs and all of the like all of the dirty stuff that was going on uh in clinton's history i don't even remember all of it but mcauliffe was part of all of that and i don't know what is true and what's not true i don't remember because it's been a long time but mcauliffe's been around for a lot and he is deep in with the clintons so he should give you part of the part of the dirty swamp, huh? <laughs> he, he, if you if you view Hillary Clinton as somehow connected to a dirty swamp, this man is basically suckling at her teat, which is a disgusting metaphor, which I shouldn't have said. Uh, gross. Okay. Well, so here's what happened. So he's running. It looks like, according to polls, at least he's. Uh, I think. I think uh, the Republican there, Glenn Youngkin is way ahead. They don't have anything really to hit Glenn Youngkin on. So they just keep trying to say he's just like Trump, even though he hasn't appeared at any rallies with Trump. As far as I know, he's kept Trump at a little bit of a distance. But they're like, oh, he's Trump in, in khaki pants and he's, you know, Trump this, Trump that. So they held, um, he just recently had a, at some rally, this happened over the weekend. They sent out some fake white supremacists Beverly, my phone is not Almost working. all white supremacists are fake white supremacists. But, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. But Beverly, There's way more fake working. white supremacists than there are actual white supremacists, but okay. Here, so, here. Yeah. Let me just tell her real quick. Find this picture for Carter because I can't send it to you because my phone just stopped working. But they sent out these, I think it was five people, and they dressed them in khaki pants and white button-up shirts and a baseball cap. And sunglasses. Because that's what they wear, don't you know? Yeah, and sunglasses, even though it was raining. And they gave them all a tiki torch. And because Charlottesville, Virginia, right? And they all went and stood in front of a Glenn, a Glenn Youngkin bus, the Republican bus. And then this media person, these blue check marks, started reporting on it. And they were like, Carter, in the span of a day, it became a huge story. Look at these white supremacists out here for Glenn. And they're like, oh, they're, they're, they're saying they're all in for Glenn. Okay, now one of them is black, and one of them is a woman. Look at that woman. <laughs> Look at that SJW. But they're all Democrats <laughs> here trying to hurt this Youngkin. Yes. Guy. Okay, so okay. they ended up finding out the guy on the far right there, far right, mm -hmm. ha, ha. Uh, he actually is the finance director for Young Democrats of Virginia. Uh, <laughs> the woman next to him works for Democrats of Virginia. Uh, last I heard, they were still trying to identify the other three. The one on the far left here, they had a picture of him with 
Terry McAuliffe. And McAuliffe. <laughs> McAuliffe. Okay. <laughs> and these are these are all actual Democrat operatives dressed as fake tiki torch carrying white supremacists. Maybe next Everybody. time don't put a black guy on your list of five. But you know, hey, I don't want to help you out too much. That's was that wait is that Dave Chappelle? That was the meme going around Clayton Bigsby. Remember Dave Chappelle's character? Yeah, Clayton that's Bigsby. why I said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were like, uh, "Wow, the labor shortage is real." They had to get a black guy to play a white supremacist. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so then, now this the story gets better. They spent all day MSNBC and all the echo chambers spent a day, like they do with the Coming to Kids story, like they've done with right. uh, Jesse Smollett. They was spent Stelter a day. Outraged? Oh, they, I don't know about Stelter, but they all covered this. They were all like, look at these white supremacists. They're out here for Glenn Youngkin. And then, uh, and then the, the, of course, Twitter and people online were like, hey, this is BS, you know, and they, they exposed who some of these people were. And so then as part of damage control, the Lincoln Project steps forward and says, uh, we uh well it's true that the, we staged this but we staged it for a reason and here's the reason you know they had Wait, somebody the Lincoln had to, project staged it that's what they said yeah they had somebody had to accept blame for it right so they and they somehow, wouldn't want it to be the democrats so it's got to be some right they rhinos. had to pick you're totally on my uh, wavelength they had to pick someone it couldn't be the young democrats of virginia and it couldn't be the democrats of virginia so and it couldn't be mcclaha's campaign so they said <laughs> they said lincoln project fall on the sword for us and lincoln project said you got it we did this you got and, it because we're republicans <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway that was just a um, funny <laughs> yeah that's uh so story. now they've proven he is like Trump uh, in that he gets lied about um, by the mainstream media constantly. Yeah. So in that way, he is similar to Trump. Wow. Well, uh, I just, you know, coming back to, I don't know, how long have I been out? Like a week and a half? I don't know. Not coming even that back, long. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take that long to like step back and then you come back in and you're like, oh, it really is a clown world. There's, it's really just mm -hmm. one ridiculous story after another. Nothing's going on. By the way, I have this stupid app called Newsbreak. Do you have this app on your phone, no. this Newsbreak app? I have this Newsbreak app, and one of the breaking news things today, today, what is it? November 1st, 2021? It's like a year since the election? Yeah. One of the breaking things. Video appears to show Melania Trump turning away and rolling her eyes immediately after smiling next to Donald at World Series game. That's hilarious. Now, I looked at this. It's not even that she smiled at Donald and then turned away and rolled her eyes. She was next to him, smiling at something else, and turned away and, like, rolled her eyes. That's the story. That's the breaking news. They are still so obsessed with this man. It yeah. is hilarious have, to me. Well, they have nothing else. They have nothing else to talk about, you know, like that's that for them. It worked uh, really they could well be debating the color to paint the box cars that they're going to throw us on something. But it worked so well. Like, why would they give that up? And that's why they're trying to use him because they don't have anything else yet. That's why they're trying to use him to tie him around the neck of people like Glenn Youngkin, because Trump was so such a like they ran such a successful PSYOP campaign. That Trump derangement syndrome thing that people talk about, that's real. 
That's why they can't stop talking or thinking about him. If you know, you know, average people on the left who you could be talking about something that has nothing to do with him. Like you could talk about this new policy uh, that Biden wants to do where they tax us per car per mile. Okay. And you're like, what do you think about this car tax? You know, try to get through to them and see what they think about it. And they're like, eventually it'll only take like two or three sentences. They, they're yeah. like, Trump, and what it has nothing to do with him? <laughs> like, why can't you move he on? He isn't sure that he will live beyond the grave at this point because he'll be dead. And they'll yeah. be like, but Trump. Exactly. So he's decaying. So um, I just sent you another okay. image, Beverly. Now, this is somewhat related. So the mainstream media is in a – the cathedral's in like a tizzy because they're trying to explain why Glenn Youngkin is doing better in the polls than McLaughlin. <laughs> <laughs> parents <laughs> rights is code for white race politics yes yes well so you know that's just an extension of individualism is is white supremacy so it's the yes. same same thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah i wanted to highlight this though because yeah for anybody that's just listening at home this is a headline carter just read this headline it says one williams you know from fox news says that parents rights is code for white race politics. And it's a whole article. Well, the their, he's their token Democrat, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's a picture of Glenn Youngkin. Now what they're trying to do is in this article. And if you read, there's other hit pieces like this. Cause again, they all do these same pieces at once. It's, it's like propaganda. It's, it's psychological warfare. They're trying to implant things in your, in your mind and make you associate certain words with certain things. And they did it with, remember after January 6th, they did it with a white Christian uh, or Christian white supremacy. They did this whole thing with Christianity and white supremacy. So now they're doing it with parents' rights. And and I just want to point out, this is typical of cults and of evil ideology, toxic ideology. They have to control language because controlling language, if they can get you to restrict your language, then they can get you to restrict your thoughts. And if they can get you to restrict your thoughts, then they can control you much more easily. So the goal with this is to get you to think parents' rights and associate it with something bad. Parents' rights, bad. Parents' rights, bad. So here they have parents' rights, white race politics, right? Like, just like you said, individualism, white supremacy. So well, that yeah. certain things are off limits in your brain. If you have friends who are in that leftist cult I was in, just keep an eye out to see if they start criticizing parents' rights soon, because this it is we laugh at it here, but it works. It's extremely effective. They they just need a few hits of this. They get a hit here, they get a hit here, they get a hit there. All of their echo chamber media starts repeating the same thing: parents' rights, white supremacy, and then they start repeating it. It's very effective. You know, I don't want to loop back to the metaverse, but I'm gonna loop. I'm gonna just loop all Do this it. back. You know what we need to do? This is – all right. I'm not trying to rewind the clock on anything. I'm not, not even on like ph- philosophy. I'm not trying to go back to a better time. We need to power through this. We need And we need to figure out like in the future what should we be like. And it's entirely possible that the best way through this is to let the heroin addicts and the metaverse addicts and the people who, who get indoctrinated by this kind of crap – let them go and and go somewhere else and be somewhere else and separate from them and like let them wallow in the cesspool that they're insistent on building just let them do it they will self-destruct over time but you can't you can't fight this kind of stuff it's so insane it's so irrational it's they're not even interested in dialogue they can't have a conversation 
They're 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 literally in they're incapable of having a conversation where words have meaning because to them words don't have meaning. This is all just used to justify their emotional drives. You can't actually fight this, but you can separate from it and stop feeling bad for them. Let them let them just shrivel up and and, and fall apart. Let them do that. You know, that's why that's why we need a lifeboat. Uh, someone said Mars. Carter's booking a place on Mars. You know, if I could, I would book a place on Mars. I mean, if Mars was a feasible thing. But, like, I would go that far away to get rid of – if suddenly Elon Musk woke up one day and he was like – I mean, he's actually been less and less woke and kind of poking the bear a little bit, which is fun to watch. But if he suddenly woke up and was like, oh, this is – I'm uh, – I'm a rational good person and he, you know, was totally on board and I've built a super colony that can that we are pretty confident can last for hundreds of years in like on Mars already. I would seriously consider just leaving and leaving humanity to just, you know, let them wither on on Earth. Like I I would go that far because what matters the re- the, the natural resource that's the most important resource for us is people. But though the, but they can get easily spoiled their brains can get easily spoiled and fried and controlled um and when they reach that state there they become a liability juan williams probably has the innate ability to be a productive member of society instead he's been turned against himself and against all of us um through i don't know indoctrination psychological manipulation whatever it is he's now part of the problem um and it's like that scene from the matrix where uh, you know, you know, the scene, I think I posted a video on this of, on Twitter a while ago. You know that scene from The Matrix where uh, Morpheus has Neo. It's, Neo thinks he's in The Matrix, but they haven't actually gone to The Matrix yet. And he puts Neo in this program and they're walking on the, uh, on the street and they're walking past a bunch of people. And Morpheus is lecturing Neo. And it's the one where a girl in a red dress walks by and Neo like, looks at her and then he turns back around and she's an agent, right? And he freezes the program. But Morpheus's lecture to Neo then is, uh, I think, super applicable to this. It's it's all about these people aren't ready to be unplugged. And as long as they're plugged in, they are the enemy. Any one of them is potentially the enemy. And I'm not saying you go around hurting people, but I am saying just disconnect. Just get out of there. Get away from those people. Um, you can... If we can't physically separate, you can at least separate emotionally. Just jettison the deadwood, get out of these people and get away from these people. We are on a similar wavelength. I've acted Carter because I've I've been trying to write a piece with a lot of stuff. Well, your hair looks like it's transmitting. So that's probably why. (coughs) I've had a lot of stuff in my head the past uh, week. And there's a piece I'm trying to write that's sort of about what you're talking about. Just jettisoning, jettisoning, say that word for me. Jettisoning, jettisoning these people it's an, it's an awkward word <laughs> yes and and uh i for me that's extre- that's hard because i am so i am so much that person who still feels pulled to pull people out of that building out of the burning building you know and talk to, for, to talk to people who are in the ideology i used to be in like the true believers the people who are in it with good faith try to pull those people out but at a certain point, I am also pulled in the other direction of like, how much of your time are you devoting to that? And, you know, should you always have that audience member in mind or should you move on <laughs> and quit talking to that particular 
person, like, or that friend, like sometimes I'll imagine a friend, like, how would I explain this to this person to help them see it? Or even imagine my old self, how would I explain it to my old self to maybe help yeah. wake up, me up? But, but I've been getting questions. I, I got another question recently from someone online who was sort of like, um, here's some ex- text exchanges with my brother. Can you help me? You know, it was sort of like, how can I reach him? Sort of a, a, a question. And I'm reading all these exchanges and it just occurred to me. It's like, why do you care so much about reaching him? Why do you care so much about what your brother believes? Yeah. People care. Yeah. But if, if he's so completely wrong and he believes and and you believe he's brainwashed and he believes you're brainwashed, why not just let him stay brainwashed? Let him believe what he wants to believe. At a certain point, you have to let go of trying to convince this person and just let them believe what they want to believe and love them and be open to them if they change their mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I do tend to be more harsh, right? But like, I don't, the thing you got to understand is if you want to try and save someone, fine. Like you, you can do that. Recognize the the difficulty and the time consuming effort it will be. And maybe the best way is going to end up being just kind of being there and letting them do their thing. That might be the, the best way. Um, but Thing, the thing I think I want everyone to understand is we don't need them. Zero people need to transfer over to waking up in order for us to be successful in building a society that is based on individualism and has freedom. We don't actually need it. We have plenty of people. We just need to, we need to like get to know each other and build communities and like actually do something. There's plenty of people who aren't zombies. There's plenty of those people. We don't need more. They're not like, they're not necessary. If you love a particular person and you care about them for some reason and you want to devote your time to doing that, that's fine. But it's not its not necessary. You don't need to do that to fight the battle. What you need to do is help establish and grow the community of like-minded people. thats And not by adding people from the outside, just by finding them. There's plenty of people who think we're living in clown world right now who see the issues with this. There's plenty of these. Yeah. There's plenty of these people. And I, so, I sort of think the ones who the I, the approach I've taken and, and I was trying to maybe say to this person and didn't get it across the right way, but I'm just sort of like if people wake up based on something they've heard me say or just watching how I've changed or whatever it is, if it's at all related to me, well, it's not because I consciously was it's not because of anything I set out to do and said, here, let me give them this and change them. It's something with them. It actually doesn't really have that much to do with you. It's sort of like you're you're you can't you can't set out anybody in my life who's who's woken up. It's not because I gave them the right combination of facts or articles. Like right. I didn't even not, I didn't you even can't try reach them that yeah. way. It you doesn't can't reach work. Them. It doesn't work. In fact, here I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this analogy, and maybe people won't like it. But if you're a Christian. Let's say that I wanted to convince you to not be a Christian. Could I, could I argue, like, could I successfully argue out of you, out of your belief? I'm pretty sure the answer is no, which is why I don't try and argue. And vice versa. It's a waste of my time. And vice versa. I don't try to argue you into Christianity. Yeah. Like you can't, this isn't possible. You're not going to. These people have too much riding on it. They need to hit rock bottom or have some emotional, like the, the thing to do, I think, if you care about someone is wait in the wings, be there for them, 
And when they hit some sort of emotional trauma or something's going on or there's some there's a moment where they're vulnerable and by vulnerable I mean questioning their life choices and some serious things about their life when they're they're feeling it that's when you provide love and support and you step in and you're a path out that doesn't involve wokeism yes but but they have to do that they have to hit that themselves they got to hit they got to get to that point and you show people that by the way that you live your life like it's not mm -hmm. if, I, I don't know you and i've had this conversation before but it's the same thing it's like if somebody says wow yeah, um, you know i like the way that you seem to figure things out and you i like the, this thing about you or the way that you live and and then they want to know more about whether it's your political ideology or your religious faith or or whatever it is they come to you because of the way that you're living well then great then they they're asking you and and it's something in the way it's it's uh it's like that if, to take christianity for example it's like that bible verse about you shall know them by their fruit like don't worry so much about what you're saying to a person in your life just worry about how you're living and if they see the right things they'll they'll hope and if their ears are open and their eyes are open they'll come to you so you have to just yeah. let go I, I think you have to let go of being like i must convince this family member i must help them see you just have to get to that place of acceptance with the way things are. Well, this is, they're woke and there's, I can't control that. I don't have control over that. I can only control how I live my life. And, yeah. and so that's my answer. If other people are still struggling with that question, that's my answer to that person is like, you can't, you can't care so much that your brother is woke, <laughs> you know, and because you, you're actually just like him in that way. If, if he's so concerned that you're, in his opinion, you're in the MAGA cult or whatever it is he thinks about you, you're crazy, red-pilled, alt-right, and he's trying to convince you all the time to wake up and then you're doing the same to him and you guys are just the same. Like just you have, one of you has to let go of that and be like, cool, you can believe what you want to believe. I'm going to go do my life. I love you. You know, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we've had we've all had things like that happen before. You're reminding yeah. me of uh, I had a friend a while ago. I was an atheist, happy living my life, whatever. And we didn't. He was religious, but uh, when he was raised, his dad was a preacher, so he was like raised religious. Um, and uh, I never, I never talked to him about religion. I mean, never had any conversations about anything. But he had a kid, and he his kid had some medical issues. And so he was like going through a really tough patch and he just came up to me one day and he was like, Hey, I have some questions for how you like your like morals. How do you, like, he just started, he just started asking me about stuff because he was looking for something that wasn't Christianity. Now, um, I didn't push him on. I was just like, okay. So we had a conversation and like, that's what happened with him. And it, I know that that might upset some Christians, but like that's it. I didn't proselytize him. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just living my life. And he was like, oh, I like I like Carter. I like what Carter's doing. He seems happy and stable. And so, like, I'm going to go talk to Carter. Um, but had I beat him over the head with like this thing you're doing doesn't make any sense or blah, blah, blah. like had I been, you know, an evangelical atheist, it wouldn't have happened at all. So, yeah. Um, should we do some super chats? There's a we lot of probably should. Chats. And right. I'm just going to, I'll be right back. 
Uh, I actually don't know where the Super Chats from last show ended and this show started. So this one might be from the last show, but it says, living analog to digital is an amazing skill set. It's from TPS. And I agree with it, even if it's from the last show. All right. Uh, Mandy says, more proof Carrie is a Russian bot, Russian blue hair. On the subject with Carter, the color blue in Russia means chastity. <laughs> Carrie bot blue knows this. All right. Well, uh, Okay. Uh, Keith the Hack Guy says, test Carter's hypothesis by worldwide comparison of northern and southern hemisphere personality traits will be flipped if true, 7B sample size. That would be good if um, you'd have to, yeah, you'd have to do it. I, I don't know that it's possible anymore, Keith, because we're in modern society and most of the astrology stuff is north of the hemisphere, is, is the north of the equator um, and they have different beliefs in many of the Southern Hemisphere areas. And again, we're now in modern times, so I'm not sure how you'd do it, but theoretically, yes. Adam Coleman says, congrats, Carter. In regards to Mark, I work in IT and I'm extremely cautious about new tech. I don't want the movie Surrogates to come to life. I don't know if I saw the movie Surrogates, but hi, Adam, thank you. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I, you know, I'm cautious about new tech in the sense of how is this best to be used in my life and could it be addictive and could it be bad, but I'm not cautious of new tech in the sense of like, oh, should we have it? Um, here's an example. I think the Amazon Alexa is cool. We had one for a week and then I unplugged it <laughs> and it's never been plugged in again because I don't want Amazon listening to anything in my house. So it's cool tech. Uh, maybe it has a use like Maybe if I were in, if I ran a dentist's office and I wanted something there, like maybe that would be fine because I wouldn't care if Amazon was, I don't know. There could be some circumstances where I would use it, but I don't use it in my house. Uh, John, Boy, John Boy says, congratulations, Carter. Thank you, John Boy. Uh, G-Man says, I agree with you, Carter. I can't quit unsafe space. It's a problem. Well, G-Man, uh, we're the good kind of addictive, so you can stay. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Carrie, you're muted. <laughs> That, oh, there? that just made me laugh. Yeah, okay. Oh, uh, actually, you're reminding me of something. I don't know if I should say who sent this to us, but someone sent this postcard to us. I know I'm taking a break from Super Chats. Here's the postcard. I'll read it, but here's the postcard. Aww. It's a little cat, and it says, please reread what you wrote and think about how your words feed into a colonial slash imperialist mindset. <laughs> oh, I know what that's from. Oh, that's from that's from the original back. Okay, the SJW Knitting Wars. That's from Karen oh. Templer's blog post. The very first comment that an SJW made when they started the mob on Karen Templer. They said, "Please reread what you wrote and think about how your words play into a colonialist." Mind. I remember that. Well, it's apparently there's a whole bunch of cards. This is the. Social Justice Kittens series of cards. Oh, my goodness. Who made this? <laughs> I recognize that. It's awesome. Uh, and I don't want to say the name because I don't know. But, um, okay. yeah, he this, this person does invites us to decolonize the imperialist mindset of our show, be more inclusive, and do the work. Uh, and then says, I'm the main character of the world, and I consider your show an act of personal violence against me. Do better. 
Uh, they so did not write hashtag sarcasm for funny. you, but I'm pretty sure they didn't. I'm looking in the chat to see if anybody takes credit, but that whoever made that, I'll tell you. Yeah, later, yeah. Perky Sue says I remember that. Yes, <laughs> look, there's a lot of things stored in this brain. That's why I have to restore. I have to store little comments like that, like the original SGW quote in the Karen Templer <laughs> knitting wars. That's why I don't know if my fireplace is real or not. Like the, the you know, like if it works or not, because my brain is full of other information. Light a fire, <laughs> see how like, it goes. Yeah, yeah. My when my husband first moved in, he was like, "Does this is this fireplace real?" Or actually, it was before that he asked me. I was like, "I think it's just for show." He's like, "Do you have a chimney?" I'm like, "I don't know." (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's the kind of thing I would know because I love (laughs) fires. So I would have tried to light a fire in the fireplace if it were real. That's how I remember. Um. All right, me, Craig Litton. Oh, go ahead. Let me just interrupt Super Chats for a second. I want to get That's back fine. to these, but Beverly, can you put up this image that I sent you? This is also, uh, there's a serious point, and then I want to laugh about something here. This is related to that controlling language thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, Tristan Snell, and he is a commentator. <laughs> yeah, he's a commentator on MSNBC and NBC, and uh, I'm surprised he doesn't have a blue check. He's anyway, got a hot I- take for us. <laughs> On Twitter, he says, I'm going to read it to you the way I read it to my husband yesterday because I was I was commenting on it. Um, again, this is about how they change language, like Juan Williams saying that parents' rights means white supremacy or something. So Tristan says, let's go. Brandon has become the MAGA version of Sig Heel. <laughs> and my husband was like, that's not how you say Kyle, that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which then we started laughing forever because he said, wow, if people knew what a terrible white supremacist you were, you don't even know how to say Sig Heil. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Heil? You've never watched movies with – yeah. All right. I just don't re- – I've never heard that. I don't hear that said out loud a lot. I just see it, you know, oh. written once in a while, I guess. Anyway, um, the point though being – Say heel. Say Apparently it's the way to say it. <laughs> anyway – he says, "Let's go, Brandon." Has become the mega version of Sick Heel, and and the and the funny thing about this is, it's so it's such a reach. It's so over the top, and this is a media person saying it. When and let you don't even have to make up something so offensive like this. I mean, "Let's go, Brandon," literally means we know what it means. It means f Joe Biden. Like it doesn't mean anything else. There's no addition. There's nothing extra. There's nothing nefarious. But this guy is not anomaly. There's all these media, legacy media pieces that came out this weekend where they're all explaining what Let's Go Brandon means. And that's because it exploded in the mainstream. Did you hear about this uh, Southwest Airlines pilot, Carter? No, I missed it. So there's a recording of him over the intercom saying, you know, all the stuff they say, fasten your seatbelts and get your peep bags ready and what have you. And you know, have a safe flight. And then he goes, and let's go, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, this he didn't journal, get in trouble, did he? He did. They're trying to get him fired. And now there's just all these blue checkmark journalists trying to get him fired. And they're saying things like, um, you know, it's not fair to have all the passengers held captive while he gets to speak these white supremacist slogans. Like let's go, Brandon. They're trying to they're trying to paint let's go, Brandon as something ridiculously 
horribly if then something that it's not this and and these are the same political statement that's true it is a political statement but it just simply means f joe biden it doesn't mean anything else there's like five rap songs that have hit the number one on itunes in the past two weeks that are called let's go brandon and they're all i think all five of them are by black artists you know, they're not saying they're not they're not doing a let's go Brandon meaning seg heel or whatever. They're this is five different five different rap artists who've had number ones. Uh Mandy says, Let's go Brandon, quit talking. Oh, she redacted she retracted her message. It was a great one. Oh, I thought that was funny. I don't know why she retracted it. I thought it anyway. was funny. All right. Okay. Uh let's do let's do some more super chats. Uh where were we? Uh, G-Man. Oh, Craig Litton says, I think, I still think our future will be closer to idiocracy than to the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, I, it'll be, I think it'll be a combination of those two things, Craig, but I think that I'm not 100% sure on this, but I, my suspicion is that humanity is going to bifurcate. Um, We're going to have, we're, we're going to split between if you want to use the matrix analogy, we're going to split between the ciphers and the the neos or the Morpheuses or trinities or whatever. We're going to split between people who, uh, or to use another analogy, we're going to split between people who want to be farm animals and people who don't. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, and probably farmers as well. Um, people who will rise to the the top of the farm thing and and be the I guess in the matrix analogy, it would be the AIs, right? So, yeah, I, I don't know. Part of our problem might be that we're trying to build a society with a bunch of people who don't want to be, they don't want freedom. No, they right? don't. They want to be farm animals. You're exactly right. And if that's what they want, uh, I think it's a bad choice. But if their psychology and if their disposition is such that they're going to choose that, good riddance. I ha- I just saw a funny thing. Peter in the chat. says, you, "Carter, Wait. you're looking at the metaverse with naive eyes. The vast majority will not self-regulate and fall victim. Victim. Yeah, that's I'm not naive to that, Peter. Let them. Let them fall victim. Let them." Here's this is not a super chat. This is just a chat, Carter. But I think this is very funny. (laughs) When I was having trouble pronouncing that German phrase, this person goes, let's just just say let's go Brandon. It's easier. (laughs) 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 David, David, Carolyn, David, I like your sense of humor. Anyway. Right. Yeah, and by so uh Pyrotomsky saying the problem is that farm animals won't leave the freedom people alone. I'm saying let them be farm animals. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying don't protect yourself against them. Uh, yeah, if we build a free society next to a farm, we're going to have to be able to protect ourselves against the imperialist farmers and their farm animals. But we don't have to invite them to be part of our our group. Um, all right. Where are we on? Someone's trying uh, to people. People are concerned you can't pronounce McAuliffe, but uh, I, I, I <laughs> she can't. She can. That's not the issue. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm going to stop correcting her because I realize I actually like her pronunciation. Um, uh, 
TPS says disaster race relations given BLM reparations ask. Um, oh, talking about the illegals, like, yeah, BL, the BLM has been asking for reparations for a long time, and Biden decides, no, not you guys. But the illegal immigrants who came in under Trump, they get reparations. In fact, they get way more reparations than you've ever asked for. I don't know any member of BLM asking for half a million dollars for every black person or every black family. But, um, yeah, it's I don't, I don't know how Biden's going to swing that unless his plan is, well, we've done it for illegal immigrants. Now we have to do it for everyone. Uh, and then, yeah, I just... Don't worry. Hey, where's this inflation coming from? Uh, all right. Uh, G-Man yeah. says, if our government costs. Say, what? How many how many Patricia Colors houses could you buy with one reparations payment? Because <laughs> she, she has all this money. <laughs> you could buy half a Patricia Colors house. <laughs> oh, wait. We read this one from G-Man already. Oh, Mandy has a point. $450,000 is a few full tanks of Biden gas. <laughs> that is true, Mandy. Soon it will be only one full tank of Biden gas. Uh, Twee Girl's trying to tell you how to... Oh, no, McCulfeffy is Twee Girl's suggestion from McCulfeffy. Terry McCulfeffy. Uh Mandy says, Youngkin is surrounded by domestic terrorists. <laughs> that is true, Mandy. Yeah. yeah. So they the thing they're trying to nail him on, and I think what, what he is proving... He's proving that parents parents are very upset, as we've seen, about the racism that their kids are being taught in school, about the, the CRT, social justice indoctrination. Mm-hmm. They're very upset about mask mandates. And we're finally seeing this, this grassroots push at school boards and in elections like Virginia. It looks like it could be the parents who are pushing this swing towards youngkin. And so I would say I don't I don't much care about politics anymore, except for on the local level. Um, but if you care about politics, Republicans need if they want to if they want to offer something different, they need to quit being cowards and they need to lean into these issues that they've been afraid of. Why not stand up for parents? Why not stand up against racism being taught in schools? Why not stand parents up are for wrong? <laughs> and the state needs to raise your children properly. Stupid slack-jawed MAGA voting parents. So this is the establishment coming out, and they're trying to neutralize the power of parents by equating parents' rights with white supremacy. It's so dumb. It's as dumb as sending fake white supremacists to a Youngkin rally, but people fall for it. Do you know how many leftists probably still believe that there were five tiki torch carrying white supremacists at that Yunkin rally? Because they didn't see the media retractions and they're not in the, they're in one little tiny echo chamber. So they don't even know that was a stunt. They believe that stuff. They believe Jesse Smollett. They believed it. <laughs> like, but yeah, That's why I don't want to hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't care. Like, I don't, yeah. like, if we spend all of our energy trying to convince people in a cult that their cult leader is is lying to them about each little issue well like it's like concern trolling us right that's kind of like if you step back for a minute and you you think of this at a high level the left that this is the left kind of concern trolling us they're like distracting us with like oh you better go convince people that that it doesn't mean that german phrase it's like I, i don't care 
I'm not going to convince people. I don't. It's a. It's almost impossible. B. People who believe that don't matter. They don't matter. They're distracting us from what they really don't want. Is like they seriously don't want something like a Texit. They seriously don't want like, hey, later, we're out. By the way, Carter, I missed you in the Texit discussion and that mm. book. I didn't was read the book though. Great, it's a fast read. You have to read it because okay. we're going to interview him. Uh, he he, it, it was really good, and it actually. It made me, it, it changed the way I thought about things a little bit. And anybody who hasn't read Texit, I would say, give it a read. You st- you may not agree that it's the best course of action. There were some people in book club who didn't. But it may, if, you, if you're undecided, maybe it'll help you, convince you um, of, of one course of action or the other. For me, it made me feel a little more confident about saying, yeah, I think we should at least start talking about it. And, and what are the arguments? What did the people say that should be the course of action, if not that? So uh, Manny, anybody can see this. So I, I don't think he'll he'll be bothered yeah, by me talking about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So Manny, Manny was saying he still uh, he he believes in. I would say not to put words in his mouth, but uh, he would he would want a marriage counselor rather than a, a divorce attorney. Oh. Um, and still believes it's okay, that Manny, you'll figure it out. <laughs> but, but one of the things we were talking about is that, and I think he makes this point in the book is that sometimes, um, saying that you want to in a relationship, for example, if we use that analogy, saying that you want a divorce can be a wake up call for the other party can actually help you fix your marriage because it is such a, it's like either things need to change or we've got to split ways. And so for the people that still want to see a reconciliation in the country, we were saying to them, talking about Texas, talking about a divorce could be the wake up call that's necessary for this reconciliation that you're talking about. Right. Um, that it could call it. Maybe it could provoke that. And, you know, I don't know. how. I don't actually it. want a reconciliation. Yeah, I know. I, mean, but I for hope the it people, doesn't. I hope it doesn't right. provoke a reconciliation because the reconciliation that we'll get, like, if you're going to use the relationship analogy, the proper way to use the analogy is to recognize that we're married to an abusive spouse. So, will he bring flowers and apologize and treat us better for a couple of weeks? Maybe. That's not what we need. We need right. out. I agree. Out. I'm at the, I'm at that point now where I recognize that and. And there were a lot of quotes in there that I just wasn't familiar with a lot of the history. As you know, I just started reading the anti-federalist papers. And so a lot of the quotes in there from the founders who were talking about um, this is a federal government, not a national government. And they talked about the states as being sovereign and as being, you know, a nation. And this was a union and it was always used, you know, they referred to the United States of America in the plural. United States, These not the United, United States. States. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Instead of in the singular. I didn't know the history of the uh, Pledge of Allegiance, how it was written by a socialist. And this idea of one nation was purposefully put in there. And so it just made me rethink a few of these things. And, and he also pointed out in the book, he said, um, he finds it kind of funny when he's 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 invited to speak at events that a lot of times the people who are the most in favor of Texas, of a, of a Texas exit, will be the people who are wearing American flag garb, and very patriotic. And he finds that very funny. And he's like, "But I don't I don't ever point it out because they'll eventually reach that conclusion. They'll realize that on their own that you right. can't serve these two masters. You can't have right. two allegiances." And 
you'll he's like at a lot of these events will recite the Texas Pledge of Allegiance and then we'll recite the the US Pledge of Allegiance or vice versa but you're you're pledging allegiance to both how's that possible right right like yeah it's weird and- <laughs> it's like it's like you go to a, a Christian ceremony and they begin by all right let's thank thank Allah now let's, let's <laughs> thank Jesus it's like well which is it guys but it They're took him point thing. Pointing that out for me to think about it because he was like, you know, during when when the um, when when the uh, states were were deciding to leave Britain, for example. So during the Revolutionary War, you didn't see these Americans wearing all the British garb while they were fighting the Brits, like or while they were trying to uh, get out from under the rule of the Brits, and so and trying to establish a, a sovereign. Um, sovereign states. He's like, they, they weren't, and I, it just sort of occurred to me, I said, maybe I should replace my American flag on the front porch with the Texas flag. If I truly support or the, Texas. the Gadsden flag is great. That's the don't step on me one. Don't tread on me. Yeah. Right. No step on snack. That one. Yes, yeah. that one. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry I missed it, um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I'm sorry I didn't. I haven't read the book, but I will read it before we interview him. Yeah, you're gonna. I like don't it. need to be I convinced, think... so right. I'm like, yeah, uh, great name for a book. I'm sure you make great arguments. I already agree. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'll fight you naked. Five bucks says I never thought okay. of it like that. Arguing with the woke is just like when I would debate Christians in college. Yes, it's sort of. Um, it can become just a a pointless look sometimes it's worthwhile to have an argument but you have to you have to judge when that's true and when it's not sometimes it's pointless and it's a waste of your time and so well you could both you, go in with with honest good intentions and say you know what yes. i would like to debate this issue honestly with you let's have a debate but when the other person is like totally uninterested and they're just in their yeah woke religion it's, it's not when it just becomes a one-upmanship like in the the text i was mentioning where it's just sort of well, what about this and the other person, well, what about this well this well this and they're just coming at each other like tit for tat here's a screenshot here's a screenshot here's an article here's an article here's the and you guys are just you're not getting anywhere it's just sort of pointless and if you bow out you kind of take the power back because you're like i'm just not going to do this anymore you don't even have to announce that you're not going to do anymore you can just prove it with your action just bow out and continue to treat that that your loved one with love, but quit having the argument, quit in quit going in circles with that pointless debate. Um, by the way, I'll fight you naked. Sent me, I got your package, Carter. And you finally got it. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. And this while. was hilarious because I opened this and there was no note in it, so I didn't know who it was from or I what know, it was. I know. I forgot to tell you who it was from. Also. So yeah. I open it now, and guys, first of all, there's a thing of maple syrup like pure Vermont maple syrup. And then there's this knife. <laughs> and a hat. And a hat. And a hat and some candies. But the funny yeah. thing to me is just like, who is this? Here, have some syrup and a knife. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just cracked me up. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I love both. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Uh, those knives are awesome. So... <laughs> All right, let's do a few more super chats here. Uh, G-Man says, NPCs are easier to program than a VCR. Does anyone remember what a VCR is anymore? We remember. We're old. It's okay. Um, Keith the Hack Guy says, separate now 
Otherwise, where does this go? Election day is today in South Africa. President platform is to get toilets flushing and electricity on. Yeah, well, I mean, I agree with, I mean, obviously I agree with you, Keith. I would separate sooner rather than later. Um, but that's an interesting point you're saying Daniel Miller's making, which is like, I don't know that everyone's headspace is there. And there's still a lot of patriotism for America instead of devotion to the principles of America. Devotion to the principles of America, I think, is honorable and good. Patriotism for America is not anymore. He it's, made that, it's blind. He made that point, and he was saying at a certain point in your journey, if you are supporting um, a devotion to the principles of America, which he believes would lead you to support Texas independence. Texas Right. right. Well, then you have to let go of your uh, devotion to the symbols of America. You can right. you can hold on to the principles, but you have to let go of the symbols. Right. Because the symbols and, don't represent the principles. The American flag does not represent the principles of America anymore that America was founded mm -hmm. on. Like the principles that you're talking about don't. I mean, been a long time since they actually you could even make an argument that they did but yeah they certainly don't now um i'm, I'm i apologize i have to take one more quick break carter I'll be right that's back. right i got two more super jets to go through um why bother says as someone who got divorced recently last year sometimes when both parties are proper adults it's better to peacefully part ways and remain friends yeah uh especially if there aren't kids involved i mean speaking about actual divorce if there aren't kids involved, that is definitely better. If there are, it can be it can be tough. But I mean, look, we're at again. We're both. So first of all, both parties aren't proper adults here in this analogy, right? I would not call. I would not characterize the people actively destroying the principles that this country was founded upon as proper adults. Um, so, like. <laughs> We could maybe maybe peacefully part from them, but we certainly can't. We certainly can't sit down to a therapist with them. I so here I'll here's a here's a story that I uh, I remember. I so I was married like really early, and my first wife was married really early, and we didn't have any kids, and we got divorced relatively quickly within a couple of years. Um, and. Uh, I wanted to go to therapy. She did too. She wanted to go to therapy. Um, and I, I don't want to throw her under the bus too much, but she was crazy. Uh, so I guess I did. Anyway, we, we went to we went to marriage therapy, and it was it was before wokeism had like this is a long. This is, I'm old. It was a while. It was before wokeism had permeated society. Um, and I'm sure the therapist was some lefty, but it was like old school lefty. And uh, I was trying to have a rational discussion during therapy and have a rational, like just a rational discussion about things. And the therapist was trying to have a rational discussion about things. But my wife did not want a rational discussion because reason wasn't on her side. She didn't want to be reasonable. She didn't want to have a rational discussion. She wanted to be angry and emote and whatever. She didn't want to have a rational discussion. And, you know, we went to the therapist for a little while and, and it was the therapist. She had picked out the therapist, but she eventually decided that the therapist was taking my side and hated the therapist and blah, blah, blah. No. 
like no middle-aged lefty woman takes my side ever (laughs) right so like that was not happening right but i was at least trying to be rational and have like a reasonable discussion and she didn't want it and so you know we ended up getting divorced but that's the situation that we find ourselves in we're not married to (laughs) the left is not another reasonable party who's just like well you know we don't love each other anymore let's part they are literally insane they're burning down our cities uh they are tightening authoritarian control on us in every way they can muzzling us with masks muzzling us uh, you know controlling us with mandates they are they've taxed the hell out of us already i mean we've already you know we're taxed up the wazoo they're trying to control how our kids are raised and take away like they are crazy crazy control freaks that's who we're married to and they don't want to talk reason they don't want to have a discussion they can't actually debate they can't have they're incapable of having discussion they can't they cannot because they they won't they won't even let you define words. They won't nail down the concepts. They'll move on to something else. The moment that you get close to pinning them down on anything, they'll resort to ad hominem or change the subject or move or whatever claim victimhood or whatever. They are irrational, crazy people who just want to control us. There is no marriage counseling with those people. There is no marriage counseling. You need you're in an abusive relationship and you need to leave. I agree. That's the answer. I totally Sorry, agree. I, I ranted no. while you were gone. Sorry. Well, you you related it back to a personal experience. I heard the tail end of that. I'll, I'm going to relate it back to one. Uh, there's a psychopath, narcissist, who's been stalking me for over a year and uh, bullying me or trying to, bullying lots of others online, has a platform from which to do this. And <laughs> I'll just say this. Uh, in a conversation with someone who has admitted to me that they're afraid of this person and that they're just going to try to slowly pull away so that this person doesn't target them. Um, I was told, why don't you try and, uh, fix it by suggesting a a video with this person, (laughs) like doing some kind of reconciliation video. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So I'm going to relate this to the same thing. You can't reconcile with a person like that. There's no reconciliation. That's like telling an abused woman why that that abusive husband you you escaped from, why don't you set up a coffee meeting and try to reconcile with this psychopath? Like this person who's trying to kill you, why don't you offer an olive branch and try to sit down with them? Like I was like, you fundamentally don't understand what's happening here. This isn't some disagreement. This isn't some, uh, we can, you know, amicably sit down. This isn't a rational person. And it's the same way with, I've to take that personal and and look at it on a large scale. I've started to realize, you know, Josh Slocum talks about this a lot. Um, you know, taking this disordered personality and on an individual level and then extrapolating it on the broad level for toxic ideology. And, and I've been doing that lately and trying to think of it that way. And it, I think that's what's pushed me a little bit more towards the, no, there's no reconciliation is, is because this ideology that's taken over the government, that's taken over 
media that's taken over the academic institutions, all of our entertainment, like this ideology is like a narcissistic sociopath or a borderline personality, whatever you want to say. You can't sit down with that. You can't sit down with that ideology and come to some amicable resolution. They want to kill you. <laughs> like they want to control you. Know, you. Yeah. And, and, and I, I just, you I, and harass you. Like, I totally you agree. I totally agree. And Greg, the baritone just said this in chat, which is funny because I've said this exact same thing before about these people on Twitter. And I'm, I'm glad he he's using the same he thought of the same thing, which I, I love. He writes, it can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Yeah, yes. that's. That's what we're dealing with. Yes. Um, so that's that is uh, what is that quote from? Terminator. Uh, that's exactly what it is. You can't. I, know. I think it's it's that you and I had this conversation before about um, about disordered individuals, but it's the same with the disordered ideology. The normal mind wants to make sense of it, and on some level, I think. People, even if they even if they agree that you're both talking about a disordered personality or a sociopath or, or or a psychopathic ideology like social justice, they agree that it's bad. They agree it's dangerous. They agree that it's all these things, and then they still try and make sense of it and expect it to behave normally and rationally, or expect that disordered person to behave normally and rationally. And so they'll say things like, "We can reconcile," or "You should talk it out," or "You should do." And it's like, no, you fundamentally don't understand. This is a wolf. This is not a normal person. This is not a normal ideology. This ideology is like a, a sociopath or like a psychopath in that it 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 wants to stamp you out, but it wants to stamp out individuality. It wants to stamp out individual rights. It wants to put its thumb on you and control you, to control all people. There's no room for dissenting opinion. There's no room for reason or let me present my side. And, and if I present it in the right way, I can convince this sociopathic ideology that, you know, to let to, to, to let us all coexist. No, it doesn't believe in yeah. coexisting with other ideologies. Yeah, it's like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like those movies where like the aliens come down because they would like to destroy all humanity and uh take over the earth and suck all the oxygen off of it or eat all the whatever they like they view it as a resource and there's always some dumb guy in those movies like maybe we should negotiate with them it's like there's nothing to negotiate yeah. with. Like, <laughs> like you guys like they don't you're ants to them they don't care <laughs> like yeah there's no there's no negotiations possible um, you see this in movies you're right all the time where it's like somebody's like but if we just go talk to them <laughs> like, right, yeah yeah, and then they get eaten or whatever. It's like, yeah, all right, like that's the like. no, <laughs> right? Yeah, actually, Ross brings up one: resistance is futile. Ross says, like, yeah, it's like the Borg. It's like, oh, here come the Borg. I know we don't want to be a member, but we can be friends. We'll just go talk and we'll sign a treaty with the Borg and we'll be friends with the Borg. Like that's not how the Borg work, dude. Yes, like you will come back all Picardified with your Borg shit on, right? Like that's what'll happen. Um, <sighs> So, yeah, I just, by the way, there's one other thing about this. I would, I invite people to, who are nervous about a national divorce to really question why, what is, what's your, 
Do you just have some sort of religious, irrational love for the unity of America? Who the hell cares? I mean, seriously, who cares? It's some country, it's some organization of states that was put into play 250 years ago. And like, you know, who cares? Who cares? History moves on. Things move on. The principles matter. We care about the principles. That what's, that's what matters. You don't gain anything by like, well, we saved it intact. Who the hell cares? You know, like, save, save, save the, what matters. Whether or not the, the, America wasn't founded as 50 states in the first place. Like, it's evolved over time, right? So save what matters and stop getting, like, stop fetishizing the 50 state borders and the system we have. Like, who the hell cares? Who cares? That's not what matters. I think that we get locked into in the same way that we forget that history evolves and that, um, you know, like sometimes we, we, <laughs> we think of this moment as being so special, so especially bad. Like we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, right. like as if humans haven't ever existed through times that were this bad or much worse. And I think we do the same thing when it comes to, um, uh, we kind of view ourselves at a fixed point, I guess is what I'm trying to say where this is what the this is what America looks like this is what the states look like and it's always going to be this way you know history used to evolve things used to evolve and change but now we're at this point where this is the way things are it's like no history you're you're in this moving point things are going to evolve you're going to die first of all we're all going to die <laughs> things are going to evolve past us um, things are going to change they're not always going to remain the same and I don't know I think we just sort of sometimes are like get stuck in this, this is this is the way things are, and this is the best they can be. Right. People so do that it, on a personal level too. They won't leave they toxic do. relationships because they're afraid they of the unknown. And this is what they know. This is the, I know this bad relationship, I'm gonna stay in this bad relationship, right? Yeah, and I, I actually wanna address something because Ross uh, Travatera is a regular chat member and, and most, you know, agrees sometimes, disagrees other times, but I wanna address something that he's saying because I think it's a common perspective. He says, no, Carter's wrong. The USA serves as a sanctified and holy purpose. You'd have to expand on that because that's exactly the kind of mystical reverence I'm claiming you shouldn't be giving to the U.S. There's no – I'm pretty sure the U.S. isn't in the Bible. So there's no sanctified and holy purpose to the U.S. Um, and then he says, I cannot believe you've given up on what you were handed by your ancestors. No, you've given up on the essential thing that has been handed by our ancestors – the important thing that the Founding Fathers handed us is the philosophy, not the states, not the particular form of government. The important thing that was handed to us is the ideas, and those ideas have been corrupted, destroyed, usurped, and we are now ruled by a bunch of people who hate those ideas and are trying actively to destroy those ideas and are turning these 50 states into a place that is inimical to those ideas. The ideas are what matter. The valuable thing that the founding fathers handed us is not a constitution. It's the ideas. It's the ideas. It's the, it's the idea of individualism. That's what matters. That's the precious piece that needs to be preserved. Everything else can be rebuilt. That, that is, is the precious flame that we can't let go out. It doesn't matter whether it, you know, it exists in the current 50 states or somewhere else. That doesn't matter. 
So you're misvaluing. Don't be a materialist and be like, well, they gave us this particular piece of parchment and this and blah, 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 and these states and blah, blah, blah. That's not what they gave us. What they gave us was a perspective of looking at government and 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 seeing that individuals are sovereign and that they they are primary and that their rights come before government. That's what they gave us. That's the big insight. That's the gold to hold on to. So anything that you do to try and hold on to that gold, that's in service of what the founding fathers left us. Not trying to hold on to some particular configuration. It's not. It's not the geography. It's the ideas. Right. It's the founding principles. And it took me a while to see that distinction too rise. Is because I view. I viewed it as. I viewed those principles as being embodied in this specific geographical configuration. And it took a while for me to realize wait a minute, but if it's not embodied anymore, and I would argue it's not, if you look at the way the country's being run, where they're continually uh, printing money, spending money, putting us into further debt, where the government is so large, in the book he says it would be like the fifth largest state, the size of the government is so big, it would be the fifth largest state in the union, that's how many people work for the government, it's, it's huge. Um, it's way beyond what the founders intended and it's intrusion into our daily lives is far beyond what they intended. And they're doing things they don't have any right to do, you know, whether it's, as Carter pointed out to me, you know, getting involved in, in healthcare <laughs> or if, getting involved in education or if it's these, these new things they're trying to do, like looking in our bank accounts for anything over $600 or telling us they're going to tax us if we have a car per, per car per mile or telling, telling small mom and pop landlords that they don't have the right to evict a tenant who doesn't pay rent, that the federal government will find them $200,000 if they evict someone who's not paying them rent. Like they don't have a right to do these things. And so they're not upholding those principles anymore. Our government is not upholding the principles of the Constitution anymore. It's, it, Biden said this eviction moratorium that I'm going to have the CDC do. It's probably not legal, but we're going to do it anyway. That's what he said. It's probably not constitutional. We're going to do it anyway. They're not upholding the the founding principles. And so when that becomes the case, well, then it's like, OK, what does it take to get back to those founding principles? Some people believe we can stay in this geographic configuration and, and do it, that there's some way to reconcile and that we can somehow put the genie back in the bottle. I'm now at the point, and I used to be that person, I'm now at the point where I don't believe that's possible on such a large scale. I think I'm more inclined now, I'm more in the camp of where Carter's at of like, I think it's possible to get back to those founding principles, but not on such a massive scale. I think we need to not start if we include San Francisco and New York City and right. <laughs> we need to start smaller. And Important. so let's find one sovereign place and say, OK, we're getting back to the Constitution, like we're getting back to right. these founding principles. Right. And and so I, I I don't know if I'm articulating this correctly. I'll try and, and and get a little better at explaining it. These are this is all a new opinion for me. So I'm having trouble putting it into words. I haven't put it into words a, a lot yet, but um. But, I, but I'm more in that camp now of saying, okay, let's preserve these American ideas. Let's pr preserve small, limited government. And let's let's preserve um, the sovereignty of the individual and of the state over this big, you know, federal government right. that we've now come to view as a national government. And even the founders right. said it wasn't, it's not a national government, it's a federal government. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think you're, you're saying it well. And 
you know, I just, I don't know if Ross is agreeing with me now, but he sounds like he is arguing, but actually making a point for me. He says, you're talking about the great conversation, the philosophical progression of Western philosophy, not the USA as such. The great mission of the US is carrying on that great conversation. The only thing that makes the US great is if it can carry on that conversation. It has failed. It has failed. It failed. We are not carrying on that conversation anymore. We've failed. It worked for a while. It has now failed. What matters is not the vehicle that's trying to carry on that conversation, but the conversation as such. That's exactly my point. That's what matters. The vehicle failed. The wheels fell off. They poured sand in the gas tank. It was driven by lunatics, whatever. The vehicle failed. And I don't think that we can kick him out of the driver's seat at this point because we're outnumbered um, and outgunned by people who want to drive this vehicle into a wall. So, but it's the purpose of the vehicle is what matters. So I, it almost sounds like you're agreeing. All right, let's do. Uh, well, do I think this goods. is a great conversation to have. And I hope that Ross, I hope that you will come back when we interview Daniel Miller and we can have more of this kind of discussion. And and I have a friend who disagrees with me vehemently, who, who I really respect and who, who believes that like you do that um, I, I see you saying here, don't throw out the, the baby with the bathwater. You need to argue better and convince your fellow man, not give up on something that's worked fantastically for almost 250 years. But it years. hasn't worked fantastically. But, but it's, but I see the point that Ross is making. It has worked really well. This is how we achieved that period oh, wow. of great freedom in the, in the eighties and nineties we're talking about. And now it's, I, but the, the question is some people don't have the same perspective on here's where we agree. We want the best outcome. We want an outcome. We have the same shared goal, an outcome of a, a country, of a place that respects people's individual rights and respects the founding principles of America and these ideas that made America great. The difference of opinion is on how best to do that. And people like my friend who I'd like to invite on the show, they believe that secession is, is going to cause us to fail. And we believe are starting to believe that secession or Texas, an exit of a state would be the only way of succeeding. And so it's a difference of how, not a difference of what. It's a tactical decision, not a, right. not a philosophical Right. Decision. And I do want to have that conversation because I want to make sure my yeah. opinion is changing and I want to make sure I'm picking the right thing. I want to, I want to have, I want to hear every argument. So please come back Ross and make this case again. When we talk yeah, about I agree. And, but, and that's, this is why, I mean, I like that. I like that Ross is arguing precisely because it's arguing about tactics. So at this point we're on, we're on the same page philosophically in, in terms of what needs right. to be preserved. This is a tactical discussion. So it's not, uh, it ta it's a tactical debate in in the war room on the same side right like yes. it's yes. that's what it is and it's a heated debate because the tactics matter and i'm i'll say i'm 100% certain that it can't be saved in its current i just it can't like that's that's my position i'll need to argue it better whatever but that's the argument and you know that's my position other people have other other people think it can be preserved and i would say why why do you think that? What What's the evidence that you think that it can be preserved? And what's the value in, in doing that? Um, so, yeah, you know, what, what we really, and by the way, have. there's no, there's no rule of the universe 
that says either thing will be successful. Like that's the hard truth to swallow. Like there have been plenty of countries that have died. Like they weren't things weren't saved. Like we did have the dark ages for a while. Like there's plenty of times where nothing gets saved. That's a distinct possibility. So don't think that the two options we have to choose from are save it a little bit or save the whole thing. Those aren't the two options. There's a third, which is we lose. Yeah. All okay. right. Now let's do some more super chats. There's two more. Thomas and Thomas says the woke won't debate. They testify. You can't beat that with evidence or logic. Super happy for you, Carter. Thank you, Thomas St. Thomas. Uh, and you're right. They won't debate. Uh, they do. They do testify. They have lived experiences, though, Thomas. It's very important. You want uh, to do T the next one? Tebow talk has a good point. So you were asking, uh, you were wondering, what are some of the reasons why people would not favor a, a state exiting the union? And Tebow talk says, I think the majority of concern is about a national about a national divorce is security. Who will protect us? Who runs the military, the medical systems, et cetera? Yeah, and I think those are important questions. I mean, the medical system's answer is pretty clear. Uh, private industry. Uh, who, run, who runs the military? Uh, yeah, that does matter. That's a question. That matters. Obviously, th there would have to be some uh, separation there of some kind. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a legitimate, that's a legitimate divorce discussion. Um, but I'd rather be having that divorce discussion than fighting a battle that I'm almost certain is bound to fail. Right. Here's the only way I currently see uh, things improving if we don't have a state leave the union is we stay united. We stay in this configuration and everything becomes a dystopian nightmare that makes today look like a pleasure land. Like we there's go through nothing hell first. We go through yeah. hell first. There's nothing on the shelves. People are in literal bread lines crimes you can't go outside without being held up you know crimes through the roof people start eating dogs where like that kind of dystopia right. and then and i don't want to go through that and then and then we get back to the founding principles okay yeah i don't really want to go through that either that's why i'm kind of like right. well the state exiting and trying to salvage things in yeah. a smaller configuration versus us having to go through that kind of dystopia which i think could happen I think hyperinflation, even Jack Dorsey on Twitter is talking about hyperinflation now. Have you seen this? He's like, hyperinflation is mm -hmm. real. It's, it's going to happen. I'm in my grocery store yesterday, and I'm noticing it's not bare bones, but it's trending that way. There's big gaps on the store, on the shelves. Everybody, I'm sure, is seeing this. It's slow. It's happening slowly, so you don't notice it as much. And I'm like, how many months until there's nothing on the shelves? Yeah, they're out of things. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed that there have been like, they're out of things more than they used to be. Yes. Right. Just a little bit. Like, just oh, a little oh, bit. That's weird. Oh, yeah. Gas is just yeah. a little bit more expensive. Food is just a little bit more expensive. It's just a little bit more barren on the shelves. Like dollars worth a little bit less today and every right. day. Like, right. yeah. Yeah, I should I should say this long term just to, just to bring it back to my benevolent universe premise. Even if it all, even if we lose and we go through a 500 years of absolute hell and dystopia these ideas will win in the long run they're the only ideas that work in reality like they will resurface eventually i just really don't want to go through that do you 
do you want your children to go through that? Like, I don't want to do that. Um, but it will win in the end. The question's the time scale. So, uh, that's all. Yeah, I would prefer not going through that dystopia, and I, and unfortunately, that's what I think is going to take. I think that's necessary if we don't do something to change things. Yeah, you know, and and somebody yeah. says, here's a question. Uh, this is a good question. Maybe you can answer this one, Carter. Nerdy Girl says, what about all the people in the state who don't want to secede? I feel this is the big problem that would prevent secession. Would we throw right. them all out if they don't leave voluntarily? No. No, they would be allowed to stay. They would just have the new rules. Yeah. They could they, choose. Hey, the, you have freedom now. If you don't like it, you know. Yeah. Louisiana's over there. I, mean, I actually what think. You, what do you want? I actually think the bigger problem that we would face, and I mentioned this in book club, is we would need to immediately figure out immigration uh, law yeah. into the free state. Because I think what's going to happen is you will see that dystopia start to happen in those slave states. And people will start trying to flood the free states, It, you know, because <laughs> because nobody wants to be standing in a bread line. And so we would have right. to figure out pretty quickly what's our immigration policy immigrating into the, the free state of Texas or whatever, the free, yeah. free state of Florida. Do you know what yeah, they call absolutely. do you know what they call the leaving the Florida movement for leaving the union? What? Flex it. Oh, well, that's what I assumed. I thought right. it was going to be something different. Okay. Well, it sounds like you need a bicep or something for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I know Anarcha Rica, Free State is an oxymoron. I get it. But we're having a context. We're having a discussion within the context. It's mm. of, yeah. I I don't actually disagree with you. But we have a context going on here. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was going to say that, mouse, but I forgot my... my uh, Lack of sleep is probably catching up with me. Anyway, um, we've gone for two hours. That's I know. Fine. I'm winding down as well. You guys, it's been fun hanging out with you and having Carter back. And It is fun. It is fun. I will try and be back on Wednesday. I skipped last week's uh, Dangerous Thoughts episode, but I'm going to try and be back this Wednesday. Uh is there a deep program or anything else coming out we should tell people about this week? I don't know. No. All right. So there's not that. But we'll be back on Friday also for Coffee Break. Um, I'm actually in the middle of uh, all this house stuff. So I apologize, I noticed guys. your background is different. Is that because you've staged your house or something? Or oh, no, not yet. They're going to stage it, though. And pretty soon you guys are going to see a fake background here. They're going to make my house look fake, fake. Like take out all my fun stuff and put in boring stuff boring. no this was for uh oh this was for the texit i just put ah. my boring texit texas art here oh, okay but no look over here i've started moving all the books out ah yeah because we got to pack everything up oh so, they'll be illegal soon anyway so yeah all your books so pack them up all right um thanks everyone Beverly, I'm going to let you do the end credits. So I'm just going to say goodbye and thank you. And Carrie, it was good to see you again. We'll see everyone later. Good to see you, Carter. Let's Don't forget to hit subscribe. I'll go take a nap. All right, bye. <laughs>
If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and scheduled for ideological vaccination. To avoid cancellation, please update your ideological contact tracing app on your smart device immediately. Here's a fun fact. Only vaccinated black lives matter. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks at the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.